Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, today is definitely one of those days where I just didn't have the energy. I worked an extra shift last week, um, and so I didn't really feel like recording an episode or doing anything, and I, I had to do a lot of business on my off day on Sunday and also worked on Saturday. So I just didn't have that energy really this week and or even this morning, this Monday morning to really do an episode, but working out in the gym, taking some time to think about it, it's like, man, we got to be consistent with what we're trying to do. So hope you guys appreciate this episode. And through all that, it made me just think about different lessons I've learned throughout life. And I realized that should be what this episode should be about. So this episode today will be about the 10 lessons I've learned so far through pharmacy school and through uh, residency and through pharmacy. So in general, the 10 lessons I've learned in my pharmacy career so far, from student to pharmacist, and I believe that this will be some valuable information. I hope you all take these 10 lessons that I've learned and apply it to your lives, so that way you can gain a lot of value um, from this and it can help you become the person you would like to be in your workplace or with your family or with your friends or whatever the situation might be that you're going through because I've been talking to more and more of my colleagues lately and I believe a lot of them are not as happy as they would like to be or not as appreciative of the position they're in. So if you can kind of channel these 10 lessons or these 10 things I'm going to share with you all today, I believe it will help you set better expectations because I think I believe a lot of times the reality is so different than what we predict or what we expect. And so if we could be more realistic with our expectations when you actually go into the workforce or you go into certain scenarios or situations, you won't feel as unhappy. You won't be as disappointed as uh, some of my colleagues have been. So to go ahead and get started, right now the first thing I want to share with you is one of the lessons I've learned, and this is from my mentor, and I mentioned this plenty of times in the past, no big purchases. I was advised plenty of times when I was a pharmacy student, do not make any big purchases. If you can't avoid, such as buying a house that locks you into a mortgage or a very expensive car, so you have a very high car payment and high car insurance, the main reason is not because you don't want to spend your money or you don't want to treat yourself, but because you don't know where your career will take you. You don't know where life will take you. So the more flexible you can be early on in your career allows you the ability to adjust, allows you the ability to switch things up. And that's something that they were very, very adamant about is, hey, my mentor was, I had colleagues that they could make probably fifty dollars or $100,000 more than what they make now, but because they just bought a house, they're not able to do it. The reason is because they would have to start low within this company and work their way up, but they're confident because of their work ethic and their skill set that they'd be able to get to this certain place. Maybe it'll take a couple of years. And then with all the bonuses and whatnot, they could probably make fifty dollars to $100,000 more for the same amount of hours. But the reason they couldn't do it was because of the mortgage or because of a high car payment or different things like that, that they did not want to go down with their lifestyle. So some of the best advice I've been given and this was mainly when I was a pharmacy student, was to try to stay with that student mentality for as long as you can um, within the first five years of, of becoming a pharmacist. Because you never know if 
what will happen when it comes to your career. So it allows you the flexibility to be able to change positions, change careers, uh, change locations if they're able to pay you more and things like that. So be very flexible. So no big purchases is the first lesson. The second lesson is entitlement, is about entitlement, okay? This is something that I've definitely seen in a lot of my colleagues. Um, I hope I, I didn't share this trait myself, but maybe I, I did. I'm not too sure, but a lot of us believe because maybe we did a residency, a PGY-1 or a PGY-2, or we've been working as a tech at this hospital for so long that they should just hire us on, we can't have that mentality that we deserve something. Everything that we want in life should be earned and worked for. So we have to work towards these goals. So if you don't get the position, don't have that sense of entitlement to, to make you feel like you have to be you have to be deserving of this. You need to have the mindset of, hey, this is a new environment. Working as a pharmacist is not the same thing as working as a tech. You might have been a great tech, but they don't know how your work ethic will be as a pharmacist. So you have to prove it to them. Okay. Maybe you take a stance and you work per diem somewhere and prove to them the value that you could bring to that organization. And then they give you a part-time or a full-time position. Um, or they may offer you and you don't take it. But either way, I definitely think that sense of entitlement is not a good thing to bring into the workforce. So definitely don't have a sense of entitlement. It doesn't matter where you went to school. If you went to one of the top 10 college of pharmacies and you got your degree and you believe that you deserve a job right out, right out of school, like, no, you have to make sure your CV is on point. You have to make sure your interview skills are on point. Have you been practicing that? Have you done mock interviews with people? So these are the things that I've noticed in some people where, hey, I did all these things. I know I'm great, blah, 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 blah. But that's a sense of entitlement because you haven't been working on these other things. How good is your CV? You could be a great person, but if your CV isn't great, then maybe that's why you're being skipped for interviews. If you get a bunch of interviews and you're not getting any offers, then maybe you need to work on that job interview process because that's what's holding you back. Because you, on paper, you look great. Word of mouth is great about you, but you have to still sell yourself in the interview. So never, ever have that sense of entitlement. Lesson number two, patience. Uh, this is something I definitely suffer from. And it's something I would definitely advise new pharmacists, new pharmacy students who are about to graduate, definitely have a sense of patience, especially when it comes to the job offers and the job interview process. You might apply to a bunch of places and not hear back, but then out of nowhere, you help, you're here back from like all of them at once, okay? It's a long process. Be patient. Don't feel like the first job offer you get, you have to accept. Maybe you want to wait until you get multiple job offers. Don't feel, um, I'll, here, I'll say this as far as like my personal experience, I could have accepted my first job offer, but I would probably be getting paid, I think maybe like, Ten or $15,000 less a year. So that's something that I had to weigh, okay? And then I had another job offer. Uh, I think my second one might have been maybe 10 k more or maybe around the same, but that place has a state income tax because it wasn't in Florida. So in actuality, I'd actually make less after taxes. So that was something that I had to weigh, but I was patient. I trusted in myself. I believed in myself that I could find something um, in Florida, find something that was better suited for me. And that eventually happened because I was willing to be patient. And it was a tough, tough process because it's 
wow, like six figures being thrown at me. I've never had this opportunity before. So can I really say no? I have all these student loan debt and all these different things. But hey, be patient. Go through the process. Just like you break down a journal during journal club, break down the pros and cons, break down, all right, is this the best fit? Do I believe I can achieve, I can attain more money? Do I believe um, this environment is the best environment for me to start out in? And all these different things. So definitely be patient with the job interview process and be patient even with your role. Sometimes you start in a new place and you don't like it at first, but be patient. Okay, be patient, work there for maybe six months and get a real sense of the culture and the real sense of the position you have. And maybe you're able to implement a lot of change to improve the position you're in. But you have to build that equity with your coworkers first. So definitely have a sense of patience. That's my lesson number three. Lesson number four. Rejection. Uh, This is something that a lot of us definitely suffer from. And by a lot of us, I'm definitely speaking about myself on this one. And it's rejection in so many different senses. It could be rejection from a patient if you're working in like an ambulatory care clinic or in a retail space, or maybe you really believe they need to be counseled on this medication, or you believe you can really make a recommendation to improve their lifestyle or their health, but they're just like, no, I'm good. They just want to keep it moving. They don't care. Maybe you're recruiting them for a research project. Uh, that definitely happened a lot during my research project in, in residency. And it's like, you know, this is for free. I could really help you um, with your diabetes management and whatnot. And it's like, no, I'm good. I think I can handle it. And it's your A1C is very elevated. It wasn't handled before, but now you believe you you can. And it's like, you know, I can help you through this at no cost to you. But sometimes you'll just get rejected. And that's just the way it is. So you can't let that deter you from wanting to keep helping others. That's what I find with rejection. That's why I wanted to mention this is because you might get rejected by a physician all the time. You might get uh, rejected um, a recommendation to a nurse. They might reject your recommendation. There could be so many recommendations that you give, but don't let that rejection stop you from still being a great pharmacist, still putting patient care first, and still doing the things that are necessary to make sure the patient's getting the most optimal, best quality care that they can receive. So don't let a doctor get you down if you believe, hey, we could do de-escalation when it comes to antibiotics or different things like that. Even if you get rejected 25 times, still do it. Still try to do the best that you can. So don't let rejection stop you from bringing the best quality of care that you can to a patient. And um, even, actually, I'll add on to this too with rejection. That can even happen in job interview process too. So don't get too down on that, all right? I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. The next lesson I learned was you need to have a plan for your student loans, because if you don't have a plan, that burden is just going to weigh you down. It's going to weigh you down heavily. So you want to make sure that you do the best that you can to come up with a plan to help you pay it off. So whether it is, hey, I'm just going to pay it off myself. I'm going to live frugal for this amount of years. I'm going to put this much into it. And this will be my plan. I'm going to stick to it. And you're going to be consistent with your payments monthly. Or maybe it's, in my case, it's I want to do the public student loan forgiveness program. So I'll do 10 years with a nonprofit. So any hospital that I'm interested in, they have to be a nonprofit. And if they're not a nonprofit, They would have to provide me X amount of dollars to make up for the difference of me having to pay off my student loans. So that was my plan. Um, If you need any help calculating anything when it comes to um, student loan payments and the best way to go about it, please feel free to contact me. Uh, Please don't be shy. I owe a lot 
uh, student loan debt too. So don't feel like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to tell you my number. You don't have to. You could tell me a different number. I could show you the process of how to really calculate what's the best option for you, whether it be maybe to do the public student loan forgiveness plan or to maybe just pay it outright. So that's something that you can definitely consider. And also, another thing you can consider is reaching out to your job. A lot of jobs actually can help contribute to your student loan payments. So if you reach out to your job, you can see if they have any student loan contributions that they're willing to make. And I would say you still make your payments, but they add additional contributions to help bring that interest rate down or help bring um, your fixed amount down. So that's something that is definitely can be beneficial. So I highly recommend you reach out to your employer to see if they have any programs to help you reduce your student loans. And uh, another program that you can do, um, depending on the position you work in, let me look at my notes here. I believe it's the NHSC. So NHSC has, I think it's a loan or something, something of the sort where you basically have to work in like addiction type centers. Um, I think opioid addiction, different things like that. So if you're working like a pain management clinic or uh, a methadone clinic, something like that, I believe that's that will allow you to qualify for an NHSC loan. And so if you work in one of those areas, I highly recommend you check that out. Um, or I, I think it's an application process where I think you might have to fill out an essay or something like that. And then I don't think it's necessarily a loan. I think it, it I might have misspoken on that. I believe it's more of a it's more of a grant that they probably give you or something along those sorts. I didn't do too much research of it. I just happened to remember it. Um, but NHSC, definitely look that up if you're working in any pain addiction uh, centers and stuff like that. I think it might be like a, a contribution, some type of grant scholarship type of thing to help pay off your student loans. The next lesson, lesson number six, burnout. Uh, burnout is real. It's a real thing. Uh, I believe we've been speaking about it quite a bit on this podcast. And I would say one of the key things that I learned, especially during residency and working as a pharmacist, would be to find your triggers. Okay? You need to identify what triggers you have that shows that you're in a state of burnout. So that way you know, okay, if I'm very tired or I'm making very simple mistakes or I'm not being friendly or chatty patty with my coworkers and whatnot, whatever it is that is your trigger, you know, you need to take some time away from work. So maybe you take a staycation, maybe you take a vacation, maybe you just take PDO and you just do nothing at home. You just allow yourself to rest. Maybe you do some yoga, do different things to bring some mindfulness and, and some rest to, to yourself. So that way you can be prepared for the next week of work. So that way you can be prepared to put your best foot forward. Cause if you don't, not only is your reputation suffering at work, but the patients are suffering. And we all are truly passionate about the patients and we want what's best for them. So this is something where if burnout is becoming a problem for, me, for you, you definitely want to take this into account and try to find your triggers and make sure whenever those triggers pop up, okay, I take a rest, I take a break, maybe I got to use some PDO, maybe I could plan it out with the scheduler, but do whatever you got to do so that way you can come back and bring your best foot forward to provide the best quality care that you can to your patients. And I think another thing too with burnout would be once you identify your triggers and you take more time to work on yourself, it really improves your mental health. So you might find yourself in a, in a better state of joy and a, a better state of calmness throughout life when it comes to things because you've taken that time to look within yourself and find those triggers and take some time and learn, all right, this relaxes me. This doesn't relax me. 
this works for me. This doesn't work for me. So you learn a lot more about yourself. And I believe that's something that's always valuable and kind of leads into the next thing that I want to talk about. The next lesson, lesson number eight, or sorry, lesson number seven, lesson number seven, invest in yourself. This is one of the biggest, biggest things that I'm currently trying to work on this year and probably the next three to five years. I want to invest in myself more. Because when you do that, when you do things such as reading a book every month, pushing yourself to do new courses, right? Learn new things. It doesn't even have to be pharmacy. You can invest in yourself um, and pick up other trades, other skills that could help you become a better pharmacist. You could learn Spanish, for example. And then maybe if you work in a high Hispanic population, you now knowing Spanish brings a lot of value to those patients because now you don't have to go get an interpreter. You don't have to wait for one. You're able to communicate directly and build that rapport with that patient. So that's something personally that I would like to do is learn another language. Another thing could be kickboxing or salsa, salsa dancing, um, different things like that, dance classes, all these different new challenges that you put on your plate. And I believe once you invest in yourself and you overcome them, even if it's as simple as reading a book every month and, and you did it for a whole year, you start to build confidence in yourself. You start to build a sense of belief that you never had before, that you can overcome any situations or any challenges that, that you'll face in your life. And that will carry over into your personal or sorry, that will carry over into your professional life. So I always say whatever happens in your personal can also carry over to your professional is vice versa. How your work ethic is at work, that's probably also your work ethic at home. So you want to make sure that you are bringing that type of mentality from your personal life, that ability to overcome these challenges, to be confident, have that strong belief in yourself, bring that over to the workplace. So maybe you're not afraid to take on these new projects. Maybe you're not afraid to put yourself out there and um, become a preceptor. Maybe you're not afraid to go out there and become a residency program director. Maybe there's a an opportunity for you to get promoted, but because you never push yourself and challenge yourself to do something you've never done before to that extent, you're just like, I don't know if I can handle it. But if you start building the tools and start building those experiences to where you've done it in the past, it makes it so much easier for when you're going to go do something in your professional life. So that's why I think investing in yourself is something that could be very valuable and it doesn't even have to be expensive. There's free courses a lot of times online. You could do things on Coursera. You can do things on Google, Google has a lot of different certificates that they offer. So you could just take on some courses, take on a challenge, learn something valuable, and then that can help improve your confidence and bring that into the professional workspace. Next, lesson number eight. Networking. It doesn't stop. Uh, this is something I'm also trying to work on more this year. Um, a lot of times when I say stuff like this on the podcast, it's reminding myself uh, what I told myself I need to work on. And I'm one of those, I believe if you say it, you got to follow through with it. So networking is still key. The relationships that you can build is amazing. And those relationships can lead to job opportunities for yourself, for colleagues, for maybe even a, a friend of a colleague that you don't even know. It could help provide different opportunities for you to get things that you might need. For example, maybe you need like demonstration devices for, for your ambulatory care clinic and, and your networks and you know some people um, who work in that industry and they're able to send you some demo devices so you can show your patients how to use this medication, right? So different things like that. Maybe it helps you get 
Um, I know a lot of things are now online as far as copay cards, but maybe in the past they weren't. And so you had to get that in person through that networking. So networking is still key because it can bring so many different opportunities to you. And it could bring a lot of, I would, I would say through the networking that I've personally built in the past couple of years as a pharmacist, it's been more impactful, I would say, outside of my professional life. The type of knowledge that they've given me maybe on finances, on different things that I can do to build wealth, different things to think about when it comes to building a family, having a family, and different things when it comes to the type of person, the type of legacy you want to leave behind. And so those were things I wasn't really thinking about as much, but being around those people, networking with those type of individuals now has motivated me to kind of have that mindset. So networking is definitely a a big, big key. Then the last two, um, just going to say briefly because of time, nine, documentation, document everything. If you have interaction with a a patient, with a a physician, with a nurse, um, and you disagree, you don't agree with their recommendation or anything where you could probably get in trouble down the line for if it, if they don't have proof that you tried to adjust this medication or um, optimize therapy for this patient, or you tried to counsel, or you try to do something, they can't just go off, you know, your words. So find a way to be able to document it within your healthcare system. So that way it's on record that you did your part. So always, always document um, because you don't want it to be a, he said, she said type of thing, but nothing was actually documented into a system that showed like, Hey, this actually did happen because in the past, if something gets pulled up two, three years later, are you going to remember what happened fully? So that way it's important to document and document as thorough as you can. So that way you can always protect yourself. And then last but not least, lesson number 10, just don't take things personal. Life is challenging. It's tough, but Try not to take things too personal. You'll be rejected a lot. I think this kind of encompasses everything. You'll get rejected a lot. Um, It's going to be tough to have patience. Burnout will play a part in work, but just try not to take things too personal. It's really self-explanatory. Try your best to understand other people's point of view. And just try your best to not let it dictate your mood, your feelings, and how the rest of your day will go. So try not to take things personal. Maybe you're expecting a job promotion doesn't go to you, it goes to somebody else. Try not to take it personal, okay? Try not to take, um, you know, the rejection by this physician or the rejection by this patient on a counseling tip or different things that you wanted to do to help them. Uh, maybe it's add them to your research project. Don't take it personal, okay? Just put your best foot forward, do the best that you can, and that's it. So those are my 10 lessons that I've learned so far, and I just wanted to make sure I share it with you all. I thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please, please, please go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube at new underscore capsule RX podcast. We're on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, Sometimes I post some YouTube short videos on YouTube that I don't post anywhere else. So definitely go, go check us out on YouTube so you can see some of the shorts that we've posted. Um... I just appreciate it. I appreciate everything. Almost knocked the mic over. Uh, so if you're watching the, if you're listening to just the audio, that's what that that sound was. But I appreciate everything that you all have been doing, all the support, um, all the love you all have been showing. I appreciate all the new followers. We've been getting a lot, of, lot new followers on 
Facebook, which I didn't realize people still use Facebook, uh, Facebook and Instagram. So I appreciate all the new followers, even TikTok. We've had some new followers on TikTok too. So I appreciate all that. Please follow us, like our content, share it, save it. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. We thank you all so much. Um, all of us, not just me, everybody from Caps Rx Podcast. We're super appreciative of all the support and all the love you guys have shown. Merch will be coming soon. I'm going to try to get some sample shirts in soon. So sooner or later, you'll, you'll see some posts about merch. If you guys are interested in purchasing any, uh, that will be an opportunity, hopefully. Hopefully, the end of June, that'll that'll be able to, to go ahead and be, be created. And then... As far as job interview process, mock interviews, we're still doing um, our services. So if you guys need any assistance with any of that, or if you just want to pick my brain on different things like that, like please don't hesitate to reach out. But you can sign up at tinyurl.com slash podcast, and we're just here to help, okay? Capsule RX, where we piece pharmacy together for you. Thank you, guys.